Hey everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Kaylee. I'm your host, Kaylee Dickerson. I want to invite you to come have coffee with me and my friends. Join us as we catch up, open up, and have conversations for the soul. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Their mission is to make professional therapy accessible, affordable, and convenient so anyone struggling with life's challenges can get help anytime and anywhere. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Here's how I think about therapy. We get oil changes for our cars to prevent bigger issues down the road. We see a doctor and go to the gym to take care of our bodies. We do chores regularly, some of us, to avoid a messy house. Going to therapy is like all of those things. It's routine maintenance for your mental and emotional wellness to prevent bigger issues down the road. I want to emphasize that going to therapy does not mean there's something wrong with you. It means you're investing in yourself to keep your mind and your heart healthy. Our amazing podcast sponsor, BetterHelp, is offering Coffee with Kaylee listeners 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash CWK. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash CWK. Hello, Lauren Aiken. (laughs) How's my friend? Oh, man. How's my girl? You know. Just still pregnant. You have been pregnant for all of our friendship. Almost yeah. all. Because mm-hmm. we met in... Three years strong. Yeah. We met in... Five years ago? I, I Seven do, years this ago. Is, this is it's now become a, a this, is beca- this has become a staple of my podcast episode, and I never mean it to be. <laughs> the beginning is like, when did we meet and how? How long ago? How long that? ago have we been friends? We met at dinner... At a friend's house. Y'all were newly married? Yes. So we've been married eight years. Okay. So I think it's been seven. I think it's yeah. been about seven. Yeah. Because, I mean, it was like fall. We were talking about ski trips. Yeah. So maybe seven and a half. Almost eight, probably. Yeah. That is... Because Thomas Red's first number one, I think, had just happened, maybe. 20... What was it? What year was that? Oh, gosh. Thomas Rhett trivia with Lauren Aikens. Honestly, this would be a hilarious game this because is the most you would embarrassing game ever. I'm you would not know any. I know the important things. You do. Right. You know the things no one else knows. <laughs> you right. know the things that aren't on Google. That's right. Yeah, that's Thank what you. matters. That's You're, right. welcome. You're welcome. I do know he just had an 18. Please be right. <laughs> he just had an 18th number one. Yes, he did. I'm just so proud of y'all. I love it. I remember one of the first times we met. We were at Ford and April's who's been on your podcast, Mm -hmm. which I didn't even intro. You don't even need an intro. It's like, what's that show? It's like people who don't need introductions. (laughs) You're one of those people. This is Lauren Akins, everybody. Wife of country superstar, Thomas Red Akins. (laughs) I guess just Thomas Red. Happy to be here. Uh, He has 18 number ones at country radio. We think. We're not positive. Pretty sure. Pretty sure that's close. But we met at a friend's house. And then shortly after, like the second time we hung out, we were at Ford and April's. And April's been such a good memory. I appreciate that that's on record because that is just not true. But what? Oh, it's so not you're true. always reminding me of dates and things. And remember, we talked about this and I'm like, we did. Yeah. Well, I don't know, because overall, my memory, if you ask other folks, they'd be like, not oh. so much. <laughs> but maybe it's just because we've always done really memorable things like that's good. That's stealing true. Dippin' Dots and oh, one of my best memories. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But <laughs> well, it was because I think the reason I remember is it was so pivotal in the beginning of our career that yeah. like to have people around you cheer you on when you had nothing going on. Yeah. You remember that. Mm-hmm. I think that's why. And so we were at Ford and April's. We put on the yours music video. 
Yes. 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 And y'all had just all shown your like epic music videos that were like real productions and all this stuff. And Ford and April were like, oh, dear God, this poor couple is about to have to like follow because <laughs> they didn't know us at all. Oh, and then I remember so TR, weird. TR during it was like, see, Lore, she'll be in the video. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I remember about it. And, and you were like, I, because you had been in one at that point, uh-huh. and you did not enjoy it at the time. I did not. I still don't. I know, but you're doing great, and I'm here to champion that, like <laughs> I did that day, because I was like, you need to freaking be in the video. I've done one since. You've done way more than that, have I? Oh my gosh, yeah. This was before Die Happy Man. This was before. This is before Vacation. This is before. Well, technically, Vacation and Die Happy Man were shot together. They just didn't release the same time. Yeah, I think, so. he's done more cinematic stuff, which is super cool. Yeah, I always like those ones. I think he just knows that I don't. Yeah, yeah, it's not my thing. It was like so distinct to me, and immediately I knew. And we've said this before, like y'all were like our teammates in this whole thing. Like our view on everything was so aligned. We both love our husbands and they love us back. And like they have great reputations in this town. And like we just knew. We needed each other. Yeah, we were kindred. We were kindred. go through this country music. Yeah, because honestly, I was terrified. High school, you had really great high school friendships. I had a very select few, Mm -hmm. but it was pretty dramatic for me. Yeah, that hurts me for you. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. You have healed a lot of that for me, which I want everyone to know that. Oh. Just because it was so, is someone mad? Are they not? Are they mad? Are they not? And I remember you asking me to coffee yes. and being like, oh my gosh, is someone mad at me? And she's going to tell me. Because you were like my teammate. I was like, mm-hmm. if something's wrong, she's going to tell me. Yeah. And she's going to have my back. And we got to coffee and you you just wanted to talk about God and Holy Spirit. And I was like, oh, this is it. Oh, oh my God. What a relief. I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And I was like, I thought something was wrong. And you were like, what? No. You're like, I never get mad about stuff. I was like, well, thank God, because neither do I. So we will be friends like, till great. the end of time. So we're best friends now. Yeah. So okay, now we're best friends. Okay, cool. We're safe place. Yes. Seriously. And that's how our friendship started, honestly. And then yeah. we hung out way more when we didn't have children for the life. We toured together twice. Say that again. Yeah. You've been pregnant both times. Mm-hmm. I would like a refund on our touring. Yep. Because we have not been able to have a cocktail and watch I've been the pregnant both times. Both times. My goodness both gracious. Times. You found out you were pregnant the night one of the second tour in Orange Beach. Oh, you are right. You told and me you were like, like, I'm that really next happy week. for you. And I, like, and I was like, here no! we go again. <laughs> Oh, I was very excited. I was very excited. Okay, we love little Lennon, right? It was Lennon, yeah, yeah. We love Lennon. We but should tour again. Yeah, we third just need to charm. Yeah, third time. I'm getting this pregnancy out of the way. Yes, yes. I mean, every single time. The first time was 2017. This is why y'all feel like such teammates to us. Like you took us on tour. Well, I think that just shows. How much faith Thomas Trout has in Russell's career. And it means a lot. Like, it's everything to us who, like, had nothing. And y'all were like, yeah, we're taking you guys. (laughs) And we're like, wait, seriously? Also, we were, like, totally fans at that point. We were, like, actually listening to Russell's songs in the car. I was like, wait, play that one that I like. Play that one again. Play that one again. I'm like, if the world doesn't like this, then they don't have good ears. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. I I appreciate that. Honestly, I remember we called management and we're like, um, Thomas asked us if we'd go on tour and they were like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like that just doesn't happen, you know? And it was so fun. 
And one of my favorite nights that goes down in history is the night you were craving dipping dots. <laughs> what will it take See, to I'm get an, this woman some dipping dots? I'm an Enneagram three. Lauren's an Enneagram nine. It's a great teammate situation, you yeah. know, because I'm when I'm stressed, she understands me. And when she's kicking butt, I understand her. When she's pregnant, she's very nine, very sick, very tired. (laughs) (laughs) Not that nines are always sick and tired, but just a little more lethargic, you know, and you're like, my threeness is like, I will help take care of you because I have a strong two wing. Yeah. So she was like, I really feel like Dim and Dots. And she was on the bus and I was like, well, they have those vendors here. Let's go find out. Mind you, it's like 11. Yeah. Show's over. Everybody's left. No one is here. And we start wandering. Everything's locked up. We should probably add I, like, like cleaning crews are out like confetti is being swept. <laughs> and I was like, this girl wants dip and dots. Maybe there's there's someone still at that stand. Just like maybe we have a lot of faith, too. We both have a lot of faith. That's so right. we have the gift of faith. We're walking around expecting our dip and dots angel to be there. Mm-hmm. We get there. No dip and dots angel. Nope. But the dip and dots angel did leave the drawer the unlocked with the keys. <laughs> You were like, it's God. I was like, we're breaking rules. Like, he loves you, Lauren. Okay, will you just receive this? I'm like, we're not supposed to do this. Kaylee was like, don't you understand? This is the Lord. He is showing you favor. Here are oh your different Oh my gosh. We steal the banana split banana split. Because there is no it's other. favorite. It's same. There is no other dip and dot. Not just the cup. <laughs> of dipping dots we took the whole bag the whole bag <laughs> which if i was describing it it'd probably be the size of like your baby no my baby's 30 pounds it was no huge. it was not that huge okay, it was like it the was size, not that dense it was like the size of like but an it, egg noodle bag right like when you buy egg noodles in the grocery store the height of like a cereal box really you think it was that big? i carried it around like a baby <laughs> i have a picture <laughs> okay we need to find that picture I don't put know it if on we'll my hip. ever be. <laughs> well, all that. Okay. We stole it ish. We went back. We you went back. went back. I was like, we have to pay for this. Yeah. So we, we, yeah, we had intentions to pay for it. And we did. We, and we stuck did. that money back in that. Uh, you had a wad of 20s. Yeah. From per diem. Yeah. You were like, Thomas, right. I need cash. I was like, he never uses the cash on the road the, of per diem. So I'm yeah. like, we just started going through all the cash. And I was like, yeah. I mean, adding up like, You're like if this a large this, many is this cup, much. <laughs> So whoever whoever found it in the morning either found a serious tip and just took it for themselves uh-huh. or we got somebody fired. I'm honestly not really. We did it. There's no, no, there's way. no way. There's they, no got, way. they got paid beyond. And if you're hearing this right now and you got fired at a certain show after a Thomas <laughs> and you were a Dippin' Dots vendor, come find us. Please come find us. We'll make Actually, it right. you know how many people are going to pretend that that was them? <laughs> that now? was me. That was me. I got fired. Can you give me a salary for a year? Oh, it was the best. But you know, the saddest part about Dippin' Dots is you can't put it in a freezer and it stay like normal. It will right. eventually melt. And that's what happened. It has to be like on dry ice. We gave a bunch out, didn't we? We gave a bunch out, but I ate it like it was my full-time job for like the next four days. (laughs) And it was even kind of melty on that fourth day. But it gets better when it's melty. Yeah, it does. Honestly, when it starts to melt on the side of the cup. so good. I feel like I should have dividends as your reward for this, for coming to do this. Where can you get those here? It's a really great question. Other than like Titans games or Preds games. Well, let's find one. I'll go. I'll get a ticket just to go get you some. That's what friendship's for, guys. Yeah, so That's a, <laughs> this is friendship at its best. That's right. Also friendship at its best. I remember it was a Wednesday, I think. Mm-hmm. I got a phone call before the ACMs in 
2000. That's what I'm talking about. You have a good memory. 17. No, these are all very distinct. There's like pillars never of would like have remembered. memories. Well, I re- only remember, which I'll get into. Why? You called me because I, I think I had one week. We left on a Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm following. And and you're like, <laughs> I get this phone call. I think I just picked Russ up from the airport. I remember being on the road driving to our house from the airport. And you're like, you can totally say no, but I leave for Africa on Wednesday. <laughs> to try and bring our baby back will you come with me <laughs> well i was like just a small ass um okay you're like i would like it documented and i also could use the emotional support uh-huh. and you are both of those things to me so warrior and on I, the ground with that's me. right on the ground and i was like you know what let's do it and also i knew that you'd been to africa before true because i did missions photography and mm-hmm. this is the only lesson you've you didn't have from. kids at the time no i didn't no and i loved missions photography. i loved it i just eventually stopped doing it because i was traveling with russell when i yeah. carried on traveling photography with him yeah at this point i hadn't done it in a while though i was i was just shooting from the hip with a little camera i was like it's better than nothing oh it was so good though I'm i mean so the, the footage we have is incredible oh good i'm and glad i haven't love, looked at it she will ever love the that's something that she will cherish forever. Yeah. That's baby videos I mean, I for cher- her. I mean, I cherish it. Like, I have chills just thinking about it. Seeing her bedroom and yeah. the whole thing. So it's Wednesday. She calls me and I'm like, okay, uh, Russell, we got to figure this out. I had to get the yellow fever vaccine. Oh, yep. so that's why I remember it being only a week because you need to get it 10 days yep. before you leave. That's right. And we were like, uh, what day does this put you on if it takes us two days to get there? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I called Vanderbilt. And they were like, we won't give it to you in 10 days if you're not 10 days out. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you. I just found out. So I need this and I'm going. So someone's got to give it to me. And they gave me a list of names and I looked at the names and I was like, God, just tell me which one to call because I don't have time to call all these people. And literally this one just stuck out to me. And I was like, I like that number. I'm going to call it. And I called and they were like, sorry, we're closed today. But can you give me your name and number and I'll call you back? This is, mind you... 2017 russ's song went number one in 2017 so like his first yeah this is not by any means like four number ones russell dickerson's Uh wife's calling yeah this is just like he's barely been on the radio yeah and i was like kaylee dickerson and she goes um what's your husband's name and i was like (laughs) is this like a hipaa violation it feels like it is and i was like russell and she goes oh my gosh oh my gosh okay can i call you right back and i was like sure Calls me back. She goes, someone's coming in for you today and you just pick a time. I was like, are you kidding me? And she was like, no. And I was like, you're a lifesaver. I was like, I only have seven days. And so I get in there, get the vaccine. The lady's like, this is going to give you the flu. It's going to make you very sick. Yeah, it takes you down. And we flew to Vegas that day for the ACMs. By the time I got it, it was, I think it was Friday. Yep. And Thomas Wright's birthday was that night yep. in Vegas. Yep. And so she leaves the room. She gives me the shot. I literally lay hands on myself. And I'm like, not in Jesus name. Like, just like, I was like, no, I don't receive. I don't receive what you just said, which side note, if that ever happens to any of you, just anything in life, someone's like, you're never going to get married or you're this and that you do not have to receive what they say to you. You can be like, I don't receive that in Jesus Mm -hmm. name and it'll change your life. Yep. Anyway, back to the story. So I leave. I'm not sick. Go to Vegas. We show up. And I was like, I got the vaccine. I'm good to go. And you looked at me and you were like, are you okay? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And you're like, no, seriously. Are you? 
<laughs> because all of you got so sick from it. Yeah. I never did. And we left on Wednesday and had Chick-fil-A in the airport. I remember having Chick-fil-A as like my last meal mm-hmm. of like American food. Yeah. Because you were like, this is it. And I was like, I, I'm aware. I'm not coming back till she comes with me. Yeah. Taking a quick break from our conversation to tell you about one of our amazing partners, Crew. You guys know how much I love having my coffee and reading my Bible in the mornings. And in this conversation, you can hear how the verses I've buried in my heart have gotten me and my friends through a lot. But what if you couldn't get a Bible? Or imagine Amazon Prime couldn't just drop one off at your house. Imagine not being able to afford one, let alone not being allowed to have one. Sometimes we forget that there are people in the world, a lot of people, who really don't have access to the Bible. That's why I'm thrilled to be partnering with Crew. Crew is one of the largest evangelical organizations with over 25,000 missionaries in every country. All around the world, people are receiving Bibles from Crew in their own native languages and learning the hope of Jesus. Crew needs our help with their mission to share the good news of the gospel around the globe. For only $21 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. Once you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $21, as a thank you, Crew will provide meals for five hungry families through their humanitarian aid ministry. Simply text COFFEE to 71326 to help today. Imagine how much this gift could change a person's life. So text COFFEE to 71326, that's C-O-F-F-E-E to 71326 to help now or visit give.crew.org slash coffee with Kaylee. Now let's get back to our conversation. Let's back up to the story of my friend at the bonfire, which is featured in your book. Yes. Which is a phenomenal book, everybody, in case you haven't read it. I love just hearing your voice and telling your stories and like, listening to I've, I've got the audiobook because lord knows i can't sit and read with a toddler can't imagine why why i just love it like just hearing the stories i've heard before and some that i haven't and it's just so good like i'm so proud of you that's one of the best stories of my life though this one oh yeah the bonfire story oh yeah you go ahead well, you because tell it. It, it just completely... i love how you tell it in the book too because <laughs> <laughs> like just the description of all of it is just so spot on i just it makes me laugh i love it's, it i mean That was probably like my first encounter with like the Lord that I was aware of where Mm -hmm. he like immediately answered the question. Yeah. Whenever you have the whatever the question is Mm -hmm. in your life. So that night it was Russell's birthday. Yep. And we were at y'all's old house and I remember... Or you were showing me something in your bedroom or yeah, you had never been to the house. Yeah. And so I was just giving you a tour. I was like, let me show you around. We were so proud of our little house. It was so fixed. cute. Yeah, I it was loved so it. cute. And I think we were looking at like wedding pictures, like on your wall or something. And you said something to the effect of, I don't know, but if I have a dream about it, I'll tell you or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, speaking of dreams, <laughs> if, if you ever have one about me having a baby you said specifically a black uh, baby specifically like maybe a baby from like africa a little girl or i don't know just just any baby at all it's just, just let me know if you get any of that yeah toward toward me and thomas Drett because and you were like what and i was like yep we we met a little girl and um she's adoptable and yada yada at the time thomas Drett and i were still we had a lot of questions just kind of like First of all, we didn't have any kids yet. And so I was like, are we even, are we like prepared for this little girl's life? I mean, she's like already begun her life. And 
you know, she's going to be coming from Africa to America. And what does that look like in our world? And are we are we going to be good enough parent? You know, all the things yeah. I think you you think about, even if you're having a biological baby. Right. I think all of those questions are very normal. But to us, they felt so big. And I don't have anybody like super close to me who's gone through that other than Suzanne Marinick. Mm hmm. But she's older than me and she's, you know, already got eight kids. And and I was just telling somebody like this morning that in and of itself was such a miracle because I think I was so naive to so many things, which could be good, could be bad. But I think I would almost rather be in the naive boat where like I can't see. It's almost like God puts blinders up and like I can't really see where he's asking me to go, but like right. I can see the door in front of me. And he's like, I need you to walk here, mm -hmm. walk through this door. And I have no idea what's on the other side. I have no idea what I'm walking into, <laughs> but I'd almost rather not know. Yeah. And just be like, all right, I'm clear that you're asking me to do it. So I'm just going to say yes. And we'll deal with what comes. That's exactly comes. how he works. Yeah. Like, when does he ever say exactly what you're going to do? Right. He's like, Abraham, leave. Right. He doesn't say where you're going yet. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's like, he never does. That's when, honestly, that's when you know it's him is you're like, I cannot see the other side of this. Right. So this must be you. Right. And it's terrifying, but okay. I prefer it that way. Right. Because then it's less for you to process and think about and be like, well, this could go wrong and this could go wrong. In that, I was kind of like, okay, I feel like he's put this in front of us. I feel like we're supposed to do it, but we have a lot of questions and I think we just need like a clear, firm yes from the Lord. And so that night, Tom Strait had gone on tour. I remember, I think I was coming back from Tim and Paige's house, maybe. You're coming somebody, back from somewhere. One of my parents' houses. I remember being at a red light sitting at the red light looking at the clock and i was like it's so late but yeah what was it like 11 it was late yeah and i was like there's no way like i shouldn't go over there and i remember it was like at the red light i could either go one way to go to my house or i could go the other way to go to y'all's and i think you texted me and you were mm -hmm. like hey are you coming over or something or like yeah. i don't know russell came yeah. on the, i don't know whatever it was no i know i think i texted you because i was like hey where are you at because you were like yeah i'm gonna come yeah, it was so late. And it was late. And I was like, because I knew you were alone, too. I was like, is she good? Like, where are you at? Are you all right? Yeah. And you were like, oh, so yeah. So I remember being like, all right, you know, I'm just going to I'm just going to go over there, which is like so unlike me. So I called Thomas Drett. He's like, you know, getting off stage or whatever. And I'm like, I think I'm going to go over to Russell's birthday party. And he was like, seriously, it's like 11 <laughs> o'clock at night. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm going to go. They're still hanging out. So we're going to go. Yeah. Or I'm going to go. So I drive over there. That was number one of the whole night taking a completely different turn yeah i could have just gone to bed like mm -hmm. i normally do um and so, then maybe i would have just had a dream and it would have been maybe so maybe maybe so you know he would have let you know but this story is way more fun yeah it is so we go up we're in your bedroom and i'm like okay so i don't know if you've had any dreams about me having any babies you know i don't know specifically if you see them in color or not, but if it's a, a white baby, a black baby, maybe a baby specifically from Uganda. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, I tell like, me everything. <laughs> I was like, so you met this little girl. And so I'm explaining to you the story of Will Gray. And so that night you're like, oh my gosh, okay, well, we're going to be praying about it for you. We're going to, I'm going to tell Russell and we'll, we'll be praying about this mm -hmm. for y'all. So we go back down to the bonfire. You have no time to tell Russell. I mean, you're no. hosting a party. Yeah. Um, there was like probably what, 20 people still there? Yeah. This is before anyone had kids. So people like hung out. Hung out. Like late. Yeah. We were sitting around the bonfire, just chilling. Just chilling. I remember looking at your one of your girlfriends who was sitting across the fire. I'd never met her before. 
But I remember you telling me stories about her, but I didn't know this was the yeah. girl. Yeah. I realized it obviously. Because she was living with us night. at the time. She was on her way back to Australia. And That's right. But you hadn't a place introduced to me no. to her Mm-mm. yet. And so I remember sitting across the fire and she kept looking at me like almost like in one of those awkward, like you keep catching each other's eye, like you keep making awkward eye contact and you're like, oh my gosh, they're still looking. You're like, I can feel someone's watching me. Yeah. And you look up and you're like, yep, yep, they're definitely watching me. Yeah. And I was just like, what is this girl doing? She had she had her glass of whiskey yeah. mm-hmm. in her hand and she had a cigarette in the other hand. Yep. yep. And I was thinking like, oh, my word, like I must have done something or said something. And she thinks that I'm I, I don't, my mind immediately our, went like post trauma showing. Right. It's like <laughs> someone just looking at us. Uh, you just asked me to coffee. And I'm like, did I do something? You're like, did I say something? <laughs> I offended her. I, totally I, I made someone that. Lord, heal us. I know. Anyways, that was not the case. Yeah. No, I started to pick up on this. You do. I see her. Uh-huh. I was like, hey, you got something to say? You got a word? Yeah. You said you got a word for Lar? And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> what is it? Like, I was so new to all. I, yeah. I didn't know any of this. And yeah. I was like, what does a word mean? Is this girl going to beat me up? <laughs> this is you it. Got, you're going to have a this word? Is this is it. You're going to have a word with Lar? <laughs> she was so resistant at first. And you were like, say it. Say, say it. it. And she said, you already know what I'm going to say. And you, you said something like, yeah, but it's not for me to tell. It's yeah. for you to tell. If you have something, it's for you to tell. Yeah. And then I remember her saying, if you really knew who I was, you wouldn't listen to a word that I said. Mm. And like out of her brokenness. And yeah. I just remember that was heartbreaking because it was like, wait, how does she view herself? Mm-hmm. But in the midst of her brokenness, the Lord still just like I've chilled. shone yeah. through in the midst of her brokenness. Because it's such a gift that she has that yeah. she's able to see this and 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 know this. But at the time, I had no idea. Like prophecy was something that I was like, "What? Right. I don't. I don't even know how to begin that conversation." But I, like I witnessed it firsthand that night in my own life, and then it was like instantly I was like a believer. I was like, "Holy crap! That is the <laughs> coolest gift yeah. ever." That's not true. All the gifts are equally. They cool, are but- very cool, but. It is very. It cool. was mind blowing to witness yeah. it. So she starts talking, and I'm like, "Okay, this girl's got to be drunk." Like, like the things <laughs> that are coming yeah. out of her mouth. I just, I, I'm not following. And she was like, "Cause she was being vague. She was being very vague." She said, "God wants me to tell you that you're standing on the edge of this cliff, and you're deciding whether or not you're supposed to jump." And I'm like, "What cliff?" And so I'm like. Okay. And I, I'm not saying a word at this point. I'm like trying to figure out where she's going. And she said, God's asking you to jump. And also, if you don't jump in faith into what he's asking you to do, Thomas Rhett's faith will never change. Hmm. And it was kind of like in this moment. But she didn't where, say his name. No. Your husband. No, no, no. She has that's no right, idea. That's right. Because that's another part of the story. She's from Australia. Has yes. no, she was she, like, not a country music. She's like, no. She knows who Keith Urban is. Yeah. Does she even? Honestly, did she say that? <laughs> like, I would be surprised. I think I just assumed yeah, because they're from does. the same she, place. She knows enough pop culture. Yes, um, she but she said, if you don't jump off this cliff into faith, into what God's asking you to do, your husband's faith will never change. And I was just like, whoa, how does she know that we're kind of at this point in our marriage where... I feel like he needs to be more challenged and I don't know how to do that. But it was something that the Lord and I were having that conversation in life already at that point. And I was like, whoa, that was kind of weird. So we talked to our counselor on the phone. 
either that day or a couple of days before. We love Beth. We both go to Beth. Yes. We support Beth. So, oh, she's, counseling. she's such a gift. Yeah. But we, Thomas Rhett had listed off four concerns verbatim. And when I tell you that she said, y'all, y'all are worried about A, B, C, D. I mean, like in order, verbatim, the way Thomas Rhett voiced them on the phone earlier that day, I was just like, uh, like my jaw hit the floor. So after she listed off those four concerns in order, she said, God knows and and is wanting you to know that you have him in this box and you think that you know you think that you know what he's up to and you think you know what his plans are you think you know exactly who he is and he's telling you that you you can't keep him in this box you can't fully understand who he is chills all over again (laughs) and i was like because you know as a human i'm trying to process all this and i have an answer to everything and yeah and i think she was you know he's just saying like hey you can't you can't box this up and think that you've got it figured out. I'm asking you to do it and you just need to do it. And so that was like, oh, okay, wow. Well, then I distinctly remember her saying, what's your husband's name? And you said Thomas. And when she was talking about how it was going to change his faith. Yes. And she was like, well, you know what the Bible says about Thomas. (laughs) Doubting Thomas. Yeah. Which if you know Thomas. Yeah. (laughs) is just Bless the most, him. Uh, just the most tender doubtful guy he is but he's i mean he is he truly has i've seen the before and the after mm-hmm. and oh. hit the way he has grown it rocked his faith it's true everything she said was true and because it stripped away everything because the questions that we were getting asked the questions we were asking ourselves the questions we were asking our lawyers and the government officials in uganda Everything was people didn't have answers. And a lot of times it was roadblocks. And a lot of times it wasn't the answer we wanted or whatever. And so when I say that it completely stripped us down to our bare bones of our faith and like really made us Mm -hmm. like, okay, do we believe what we say we believe? Because if we do, because this is hard, we're going to keep walking. I heard something recently that was saying when you get a prophecy, it's because you're about to need it. Mm. And that blew my mind because like I experienced so many different prophecies and all these different things. And you can look from the outside and be like, wow, they're so special that like God would talk to them that way. But that's not true. It just means you're about to go through something really hard and you need something to stand on. And that's what this was for you. And in that moment, I loved it from my perspective because this girl who I love had been very wounded, grew up in the church and I knew how prophetic she was and is. And I knew that hadn't gone anywhere. And even though she was in a season with God that she wasn't sure where he was at. Mm -hmm. I saw her look at you and know something like God told her something. And so in that moment, it was this like beautiful double-edged sword. I'm sitting with my sweet friend, Lauren Akins, who we had just talked about Holy Spirit. And you were like, I've just never experienced that. And like, well, shouldn't there be interpreters in church? And like all the, all the questions people have when Holy Spirit gets brought up. Right. And so I'm like, all right, God's about to show you how real his spirit is. And he's about to show her he still talks to her and still loves her. And I was like, this is about to go down. And it was (laughs) awesome. Like, it was just such a sweet moment to witness, truly. Like, it makes me like teary thinking about it, you know, and 
what that did for her faith mm-hmm. to know that like she could still hear God. And I haven't seen her. I don't think since. No, she moved to Australia. I haven't seen her since either. I would love just to tell her how it played out yeah. because at the end there was like so much like it, this was the longest. I know this was the longest conversation. Yeah. I mean, that's like too long for a podcast, but at the very end of it, she said, God wants you to know that he's already gone before you and taken care of everything you're yeah. fearful of. Every concern, every question you have, he's going to take care of it. He just needs you to jump off this cliff. <laughs> and that brought an unbelievable blanket of peace over my spirit and over my mind and over the voices that were doubtful. Mm-hmm. And watching Thomas Rhett's faith change through that. And you were there with me through so much of it when Thomas Rhett couldn't be there too. And my mom, especially, but my roommate, um, shout out. Yeah. Roommate shout Lisa. out to Lisa. But in those moments where it felt like the door in front of me was dead bolted shut and like, doesn't, doesn't have an opening. There's no way we're walking through this door. There's no way we're moving forward in this adoption process. I would just recall those words. Every time that I have gone before you, I've already taken care of it. Yeah. All you have to do is just walk next to me. So I did. It was like I would send texts to my I called them my prayer warriors, but I probably had, I don't know, a couple hundred women a yeah, day. Yeah, you had like fifteen different group texts. I had, of like I had a bunch of different women. I had a bunch of different group texts, but then those group texts would be like, Hey, can I send this to my prayer group? And right. I'd be like, Yes, share this. So like it went out exponentially to people and women who were serious about bringing things before the Lord and warfaring in the spirit over clearly something that was a battle yeah, oh between gosh, a battle. the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light in those moments where it was like, I can't move forward. There is no open door. Everything has been shut down in front of me. The government is saying, no, this isn't happening. That's not happening like clockwork. Mm-hmm. And, and people would be like, we don't understand how this happened. This doesn't make sense. Or like that day when our um, security <laughs> went and was looking for one of our lawyers who we actually ended up having to fire halfway through different, different time, different story. <laughs> but he was someone who was not working alongside us in the most honest way. We There's found a lot out. of corruption in the whole process. A lot of corruption. Yeah. So we were shifting gears in the process of hiring someone new. And I don't know if any of y'all listening have ever been to Kampala, but just imagine like the busiest corner in New York City, like on what's the busiest day of like Christmas time. Yeah. Christmas time, New York City, that amount of people times like at least five on the busiest corner, just like crowded streets, papers everywhere, like offices on top of offices and these buildings and signs everywhere it's just like chaos yeah and i remember he literally prayed for a sign to that the lord would just show him where he's looking for this man because this man did not want to be found so that we could get our paperwork back to continue with someone else he looked up and literally saw a picture of jesus <laughs> It was like a painting of Jesus. And he was like, wow. All right, Lord, I see you right there. And his very next head motion turn looked and saw this man's name on the street corner. I mean, it's like, yeah, you you can't you can't make it up. You can't make it up. There's no GPS of like, let's Google this guy's office. No, no. In Kampala. Literally, it was like needle in a haystack. We're just going to go walk around the streets and try to find 
any clues that we can to find this man. And they did. Because what else did you have to do at this point? Like you're just sitting there waiting. Yeah, yeah. We were just like, either, we figured this out, which is very helpful for us to be on the ground there. Yeah. Doing this work too. But it's just moments like that where like the Lord just literally like miracle after miracle. People were like, it doesn't make sense. That should not have happened. That this takes weeks and weeks and weeks. And yeah. you got it in three days. And it just, it was just the hand of God and just the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. And that's something that walking through that with Thomas Strett was so hard for our marriage, but good for our marriage and so good for him personally yeah. in his faith. Because it was like, it was miracles on miracles. It yeah. really was. It was a lot of closed doors, but through that it was miracles on miracles. And like, I remember when I was leaving, I had to leave early because I had to come back to do Russ's album shoot. Yeah. And Thomas Rhett had the show in Nashville. Yeah. With Russell. And so I had to come back like, I don't know, a week earlier. Yeah. Mind you, I'm like walking around this hotel, walk and pray and walk and pray. Like if we're not hanging out and shooting video stuff, just intercede. I'm like, what else yeah. can we do? I'm walking around the front of the embassy. I'm like, this person has to be here today. They have to have time for them today. They have to, and nothing, 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 nothing. Yeah. And I remember packing up in my room being like, God, I need to know they're going to be all right. That if I'm leaving, that you're going to take care of it. And we went downstairs for dinner that night. <laughs> and you walk up to the table and you're like, uh, guys, Bob Corker is here. Just casually. I actually have a video of this. I have a sneaky video of this on my phone. You do? Yeah, I do. Because I was filming everything, right? And so I was like, well, I need this. And I just took my phone in case you ever did like a documentary or something. I have it somewhere on my phone. I need to get that. Okay. Too. That's incredible. Yeah. Sorry, Bob Corker. I filmed you without your, I think that's a felony, honestly. <laughs> In your defense, you are fully aware. I didn't know who he was until I looked at him. I was like, oh, you look really familiar. And he said, where are you from? And I said, Nashville, Tennessee. And he was like, oh, I'm your senator. Oh, right. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap. You're Bob Corker. Yeah. And so I was telling him what we were there doing. And he said, well, let me introduce you to so-and-so. And he literally introduced me to the ambassador. The person we had been going to the embassy every Tuesday and Thursday mm -hmm. to try and get time with. Yep. We were turned away every time. And she immediately put me in touch with someone who was able to give me some kind of answers. She came home on Russell's birthday weekend, May 11th. Okay. I came home a week before that. Might have been April home. 20th. You came home right before I did. Yep. Like three days before you. But then your doctor was like, I will not let you stay there any longer. And your yeah, mom. I was going into my third trimester mm -hmm. of Ada James. We had the same doctor. Yes. Which when I went in, this is actually just a fun friendship story. I went to the same OB and I was like, hey, I'm like, you have Lauren Akins, right? Because you recommended her. <laughs> she's like, and she's uh, like, uh, HIPAA. Uh, <laughs> like her face. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 we're friends. I, I like, that's always like my card to like prove that we're actual friends. I'm like, I went to Africa to bring their child back. And they're like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> oh, okay, great. You're safe. You're okay. Safe. You're like, you're not just like a fan. Oh, that's amazing. And I'm like, you're fine. You're fine. I promise. I'm like, she's the one who told me to come to you. I just wanted, I was like, I have a few friends that have you. And I just wanted to make sure it was her. I love her so much. I know. She's the best. Best. She's the best. Anyway, I won't say her name because I need her availability for the rest of my That's children. Same. So how many how many kids are you going to actually have? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. This is number four. I could have a thousand. Yeah. I would be stoked to have a thousand. Yeah, but you do pregnancy really well. I do. And I'm very grateful. You, you would always check on me. 
and be like, how bad is it? And you're like, oh, I actually love it. I'm so sorry. I'm You'd be like, how are you feeling? And I'd always be like, I'm so sorry to report. I feel great <laughs> because you, you are sick literally to the very end. I'm doing a little bit better right now. I was in the hospital when Ada James was born. Yeah, I was with 10,000 other people. Lauren Akins, everybody. She has a meet and greet <laughs> while she births children. <laughs> There are like eight people in that room. There are. Now that I've done it, I'm like, I can't imagine doing that. I loved it. No, no men though. Besides your husband. No. Well, no, your actually, dad. technically my dad was in there, but he was behind the curtain just listening for oh. hours and hours and hours. Yeah. Sitting on the floor. Horrible. 62 year old man who's had like both knees replaced twice. One shoulder replaced twice. The other shoulder replaced once. My dad too. The bionic men. Yes. And I'm like, that's got to be like painful yeah. at 60 years well, old. Well, because they were like, she's about to push. Come take the photos. Two and a half hours yeah. later. So I sat outside. I remember Thomas Wright coming out. I think you're still pushing. He came out at some point and was like, hey, you do not. Because it was like two in the morning mm -hmm. or one in the morning. He's like, you do not have to keep staying. I was like, I've been here this long. Russ was out of town. And I was like, I'm just going home to an empty bed. God love you. And I was like, what else am I going to? I was having I'm fun so hanging sorry. out with your fam. You know, I love your family. Your family is just like an extension of you guys. And you never travel in a pack smaller than like 30. Yeah. Which is astonishing to me. You had literally been at the hospital for hours and hours and yeah. hours. Oh, yeah. But it was awesome. Hey, guys, we'll get right back to the conversation after I tell you about one of my incredible partners, Green Chef. As a mom and wife, I'm conscious of making healthier food choices for me and my family. Y'all know how busy life can get. And when life gets busy, sometimes we choose convenience over the healthier and maybe even tastier option when feeding our families. But good news, you can have both with the help of Green Chef. Not only is Green Chef a USDA certified organic company, but they're America's number one meal kit for eating well. Green Chef makes eating healthier, easy, and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. Keto, paleo, plant-powered, or for those of us who just simply want a more balanced meal. This past week, my husband and I made the teriyaki pork fried rice, and it was so good. 10 out of 10, for sure would recommend. We love the variety of meals Green Chef offers, and you get restaurant-quality dishes in the comfort of your own home. This meal was the perfect alternative to our go-to takeout. Now you can enjoy new nutritious recipes each week that are perfect for you and your family. It's a win-win. And there's tons of flexibility to switch between plans at any time. So let Green Chef simplify your life. Go to greenchef.com slash coffeewithkaylee125 and enter the code coffeewithkaylee125 to get $125 off, including free shipping. Again, that's greenchef.com slash coffeewithkaylee125 and enter code coffeewithkaylee125 to get $125 off, including free shipping on the number one meal kit for eating well. Whatever your lifestyle, Green Chef is the perfect meal kit for you. We love to cook in our house, and it has never been simpler than these pre-portioned, easy-to-follow recipes delivered right to our house. You'll never have to worry about planning or shopping for dinner again. Now back to the show. So speaking of Holy Spirit and how he moves, and we're just here to tell you that God loves you, and not just you, Lauren Akins, you, all of you, and wants Anyone to talk listening? to you. Yeah. And like, if you're just open to it, he's going to talk to you. Yeah. It may take take a second to get used to, but... Oh, but it's so much more fun. Life it's so is much so more fun. much better if you can hear him. I dream a lot. And as a kid, I used to have nightmares, which I've now learned people who have dreams when, because God speaks in dreams all throughout the Bible. And anyone I know who has God speak in dreams a lot typically had nightmares as a kid, which is really? a really interesting trend because, and I remember, because I remember shutting my dreams down. Like I had dreams watching my brothers die, like being shot. Like I was like little. 
Wow. And I would run in my parents' rooms like crying and I'd be like, I don't want to dream. And like, that was the whole work of the enemy. It was like trying to stop me from dreaming. Wow. And it wasn't until like, I learned about Holy Spirit again, like after I'd been through like this conference and learning all this stuff that just opened all of our eyes, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm ready to dream again. And that's when I started writing down my dreams and started like connecting the dots and learning. And I mean, I just like ask him to teach me. No one's like taught me how to interpret dreams or yeah. it's all very, you see in part and you know in part, like that's what it says about prophecy. Like we're never going to know in fullness, like what he's saying. So even the girl telling you about your thing, there were probably pieces that were like, yes, no, yes. Like you're never going to get like this full prophetic word that is hundred percent spot on. Right. Because we see in part and know in part, Mm -hmm. it's only partial. Like you don't get a full view. Right. There's parts of it that make sense and the parts that don't. So that's why I write them down because it's never going to make sense till later. And so this particular dream I had written down, I had this baby girl name and her name was Abby. It wasn't Abby, but it was like short, like an A name. A, uh-huh. and, and you said it was one I've never really heard. I've before. never, I was like, I've never heard this name before. I like wrote this all out. I was like, it was kind of like Adelaide. And I was like, it was like that, but it was short. And I just like wrote it down. And then you text me randomly. I was at my dad had had one of his knee surgeries. <laughs> knee wow, surgeries. I, I was there and you were like, what do you think of this name? And it like triggered in my spirit. I was like, I've had a dream about this. And I just searched it and I pulled it up and I was like, oh my gosh. And I sent you a screenshot and you had said, what do you think of Ada James? And Adelaide, Ada A to James. It was something with the James that made sense too. I wish I could remember. It was just the, the Adelaide part that it just kind of like rhymed to me. And I was like, it was like this, but it wasn't. And it was just short and it was an A name. Anyway, I texted it to you and across the top, it says date, date created. Yes. Is that the day that you dreamed? And you were like, oh yeah, I just wrote it down as soon as I woke up that morning. And I was like, okay, because that's the day that I found out I was pregnant with her. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I mean, this still blows my mind. Yeah. I, like, it's my favorite way that God speaks to me personally, because I can take zero credit. I'm asleep. He's like, I'm going to put you down so that I can talk to you. <laughs> I'm going to make you go night, night. And I'm going to tell you some stuff. And I'm just going to let you in. And I'm like, all right. So I just started writing them down. And you are one of the like classic examples of why I tell people to write their dreams down. Because I would have never remembered. Known. Yeah. I would have never known that was the day. I would have never known the details. The details just, the, just he's in so many of the details. Of the details. If you don't write it down, you'll miss it. And I still, I still have always wanted to make her a, a pillow that says Rockabye Sweet Ada James. Oh. You know, like the James Taylor song? Yeah. I know. I, it's been in... It'll, it'll hit someday. I'll, I'll get it done someday. <laughs> I sounded exactly like my mother just now. She does this all of the time. She's like, I'll get it done someday. And it's always something crafty. Yeah. Sweet Lord. Are we turning into our mom? We are. And it's so I mean, awesome. for you, I'm excited. Because I'm Lisa, excited for you. I mean, too. I love my mom so much. But Lisa Gregory is one of my favorite humans on the planet. She's a good one. I'm just like so excited to be. Fr- I'm already friends with Lisa. But like being friends with you as Lisa, as like a 60 year old. Yes. I'm hype about it. It's going to be so fun. Uh, who knows? We'll just have little prayer circles with our friends. And I can't wait. What are we going to do? I don't know. Drink coffee uh, and yeah, Drink wine. coffee after we've raised 400 kids. 400 children. <laughs> I swear, the reason you get sick with kids is so you don't mm-hmm. have too many. Because you would. Yeah. You would. Yeah. Because I want I want as many as our, my marriage can support. That's good. That's how I feel. Yeah. I should definitely look at it that way <laughs> for me and Thomas Strutt's sake because if we go down the whole ship goes down right exactly the whole ship goes down I yeah. love I love that quote of yours yeah 
we go down the whole ship goes down that's a suzanne marinette quote i love it this third pregnancy was not planned yeah we were gonna adopt next that's what we wanted to do so has uh, Willa Gray come around on uh, it being a boy potentially I have said and people listening have probably heard this in interviews because I've literally said this since we had Lennon yeah since we had our third girl I was like well I'm gonna get a boy either way yeah because there are ways to do that yeah <laughs> recently just, just different conversations that Willa Gray and I have had not really Ada James her and I have sort of had these conversations but Willa Gray is just older and able to process things and understand things a lot more. And she's brilliant. And so as we're talking through these things, she's like, I would love to have another sister. And I remember thinking, this child is crazy. I will <laughs> not adopt another little girl. Like, why would I do that? Because I could adopt a boy. Yeah. Well, we keep having these conversations. And I'm not saying that we're not going to adopt a boy. I'm not saying I have no idea how the Lord is yeah. going to design her. You're obviously going to know because he lets you know. This we've He'll established. let me know. Yeah. But I'm not sure exactly what he's saying just yet. But I know for sure that he's saying, what if I asked you to adopt a little girl? Oh, wow. I I don't have this update. Yeah. Oh, okay. because I've this had my heart new. set on. I'm going to I'm going to get a boy. Right. This is me like stiff arming, like white knuckling yeah. my life and making yeah. it be what I want it to be. <laughs> and it maybe he will give me a boy, mm-hmm. either biological, adopted, whatever. He is so clearly saying like, well, what if I ask you to adopt a little girl? What if that is what I have for you next? What if it's not a boy? Will you still tell me yes? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I have to say yeah, yes. I mean, you're and so I'm like, yes. oh, gosh. OK, because, you know, at the end of the day, I'll tell this, too, because this is really good. A really, really good lesson for me to learn with God. He knows how badly I wanted boys. He knows that he created me. Yeah, right. And I have prayed for that. Thomas Drett has prayed for that. Our family, our friends, like we had people like praying when I got pregnant with this fourth baby. Right. Praying and pleading with the Lord for it to be a boy. And he already knows. Yeah. He already knows that I want I want a boy. When I found out that we were having our fourth girl, it was like you would think it would be a disappointment, but I think what I was realizing was like, he has such a purpose for this little girl. That was the clearest no to a little boy. Right. That you're going to get. Yeah. Like, it's a girl. I want a boy. Y'all be praying. We're going to keep praying. Like, (laughs) God knows my heart. He knows my desire for this. And when I found out it was a girl, it was like, whoa. Okay. Because A, we were preventing, preventing, preventing. Yeah. I so, remember when you told us, you were like, I actually don't know how this happened. I still have no idea. And I remember Russ being like, well, Lauren, <laughs> <laughs> um, I have some news to tell you about how this happened. Oh, uh, no. We <laughs> are like, no, what, whatever that no percentage clue. is of yeah. when, when the birth control fails, we are that percentage. Yeah, like this little girl is supposed to be She's here. supposed to be here. I don't know. I, I was not. I didn't want to have them this close together. Because it's exhausting. They are going to be 21 months apart, which I know there are probably some of you listening that are like, girlfriend, my kids are 14 months apart and I've got five of them. Lord bless you if that is you. Yes. It it was not something I wanted, I was going to choose to do right at this time. So it was like, I got pregnant. That was shocking and made me sad 
because I was like, oh, I, I'm it's taking but like it was going to take away time from Lennon because my older two are finally in school. And I was like, me and Lennon are going to like oh. have days just us two hanging out, which means, there are ways to do that. We can yeah, still do it. She's only like what? Is she six months older than Remy? She's February. Mm-hmm. Seven months older. Yeah. OK, so they're pretty close. They're close. Which is sweet. They'll get to yeah. grow up doing life together. And he'll get to grow up doing life with this little girl, too. Oh, he's going to have a crush on all of your girls. Let's be honest. <laughs> but he's like, is, he's bigger than all of them already. Yeah. Like, So really, he could date any of them. Yeah, Willa Gray is the only one who's taller than him, I think. Yeah, pro- probably. Because like, what? What is Ada weigh? <laughs> he weighs 30 something pounds. What? Yeah, he's over Ada 30 James, pounds. I just weighed Ada James two days ago and she's 40 pounds. Okay, she's more. He's like 32, maybe. But he's he's moving. She's four, Kaylee. <laughs> and she's in the 90th percentile of four he years. He just turned one. Not weight, but height. Yeah. All my kids are tall. Because how, how much does Lennon weigh? Not 30 pounds. <laughs> and she's seven months older. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got to have him do some play dates. Maybe she's close to 30. Man, I don't know. There's no way. He's yeah, huge. Yeah, he's, he's enormous. Anyway, <laughs> it was just further confirmation that, A, this child was supposed to be here because... It was something we were absolutely preventing. Right, right. And I definitely wanted it another way. I wanted to adopt next. I wanted to adopt a boy next. And I would did not want to start that process till probably like this fall or something. Yeah. Which would be, you know, somewhere now-ish. We would start the process, which can take some time. Yeah. yeah. And so it was just like a very clear, like, this is what I have for you. A, you're preventing. B, you want a boy. C, not yet, not now. And um, all of those things. He was just like, actually, yeah, this is what I'm doing. But for me, it was like, I feel like you could look at it one of two ways. You could be either really angry and disappointed or like, oh, I cannot believe this is what's happening. Or you can be like, holy crap, like you are in such control of my life. Yeah. And you know what is best for our family and you are giving her to us at a very specific time in a very specific way. And I just have felt the hand of God on her little life Yeah, since after the three days I cried. (laughs) (laughs) Then I started to really feel the hand of God. But honestly, it's like and even when on the phone, the lady who was like, do you want to know your results? And I said, yes, just just tell us now. It was like me and. Mackenzie and Mo and Thomas Red and our kids and a couple of other people in the house. And I was like, like I said, they travel in packs. I, I was like, yes, there's a bunch of us here. Just tell us. And I was for sure it was going to be a boy. And when she said, it's a girl, oh. there was a moment where I was like, no. And then it was like, wow, yeah. that is such a clear no from God. Yeah. And having a clear no brings me so much peace because it's like he is god he knows what i want and he is telling me no yeah exactly and it is for a good reason because he doesn't do things that aren't good for me no i love that because there's that verse that says if you delight yourself in the lord he will give you the desires of your heart you know and so you're like okay well i'm just gonna keep delighting keep delighting and like clearly this is desire of your heart so like I believe that's going to happen for you at some point. But I also believe when that other verse that says no good thing does he withhold. Yes. From those who walk uprightly. So like if you don't have it yet, it's not good yet. Like it's not good for you yet. Right. Not saying a boy wouldn't be good, but who knows? Like there are just so many things he knows about what your girls need developmentally growing up. What the world needs from your girls, you know, and they need 
I'll stand on this mountain all day. The world needs more girls whose dads love like Thomas Rhett loves. Mm. I love when he's like, let me just take the reins here. Yeah. Like, will you just trust me? And he has just asked you that a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> he just keeps saying yes. It's my favorite place to exactly. be. Exactly. Even, exactly. even when it's like, I think I know it's best. Like, no, no, not now. Actually, it needs to be a boy. And actually, it's not biological. Yeah. He's like, um, actually, yeah, I'm your creator. I don't know if you remembered. Yeah, I don't know if you and remember. I'm the author of life. I, <laughs> I don't know if you remember. I say that this is what you need. Yeah. And so for me, it is like that very clear no is like, oh, I'm so thankful for your sovereignty. I'm so thankful yeah. for your goodness. I'm so thankful for your hand on my life because it is so evident in your very clear nose that you are so detailed with my life yes. and you care about every detail yeah. of my life I love of my family. Oh, that's uh, that's like one of my favorite verses of all time in Psalms where he says he delights in the every detail of your life. And I just remember reading that and being like, oh, you don't just like take care of it. You delight in like the little things, the small things. Yeah. And that's why I like writing things down. I need to be a bit way better about journaling. I'm terrible about that. There are so many details when you look back that you're like, oh, you were working this out so long ago like yeah. our pregnancy journey because y'all it took a while to get pregnant the well, first time yeah the first two times the first it was two. well over six months yeah which and is we, not a long time compared to no some people it wait, but not. it was not like we're gonna get pregnant bam Boom. it wasn't like this little baby that it was just out of nowhere and for us it was nine months of trying and in all of that it was hard on me and you were checking on me in that and like because we'd waited so long to even try mm -hmm. because of our life being so crazy. So like when the waiting, I'd already done a lot of waiting. Mm -hmm. So when the actual trying waiting hit, it was really devastating to me. And fast forward nine months, find out I'm pregnant January 1st, 2020. He's like, if you would have just known there's a pandemic coming that you don't know about and you're going to be home being pregnant right. and you're going to be home because we were supposed to leave two weeks after he was his due date for tour. Yep. Yeah. And I was yep. like, yeah, sure. We can do it because that's just me. I'm like, we'll figure it out. And when that two weeks hit and we were still home, I was like, thank you, Jesus, mm -hmm. for making me wait. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus, for your timing. Thank you, Jesus. Like he's just in control. Yeah. And that's a hard place to like surrender control because there's nothing you can do. Yeah. You know, it's and I tough. think it's important to like communicate when you're in the waiting and when it is hard because I think it's really important that people see people when they're in the waiting and when they're in the struggle because it's it's a lot more relatable to people who are struggling than the person that's like, oh, I'm good now. But when I was yeah. walking through it, that was really hard. And I think that the church can kind of I've been in church environments that have encouraged that like don't tell people what you're going through until you're on the other side of it. Right. Like if you're in leadership or which we always were. That's like a really hard thing to shoulder because you're like, you want to tell the testimony, right? right. You want to say all things are good. Look how God worked all things together for good. <laughs> look and look and look. And it's hard to look back and be like, I wish I would have mm -hmm. told more people. I wish more people would have known what I was, walking, what I was through. walking through. Yeah. Thanks for listening to my conversation with my friend Lauren Akins. We actually had such a great time chatting and we have more coming next week as a part two because, you know, we just missed each other. So come join us again next week. We love y'all. Thanks for listening.